When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Welcome, everyone, to the Film Vault. That's Anderson. I'm Ryan Bishop, your host for today. I'm going to flick fast some movies. And one of us saw uh, Gran Turismo, and it's not the one you think. That's right. Also, when we were assigned a film, which I'll be talking about, Kurosawa film. Akita! Akita. Akita Kurosawa. High and low. High and low. It's a two-parter. And uh, I saw my number two most anticipated Sundance movie. This year, oh jeez, the voice is going. What is happening? Can, can I get you some water, sir? I, I want. It's, it's the anticipation. It's killing him. Yeah. And all I, the all the stuff you were talking about that was superfluous to anything earlier that perfect. you probably should not have been talking perfect about. Perfect clarity. What was I perfect talking? clarity, right? What was yeah. I talking about? You're talking about the clan at length, and I didn't need to hear it. Avery didn't need to hear it, especially today. Do you, do you feel worse? Yeah, a lot worse. I didn't need to hear all those stories and perfect clarity, right, Avery? Yeah. Perfect. And here we are. I also scratched. <laughs> I also was able to scratch an itch that had been bothering me for many years uh, in anticipation of our top five William Friedkin films, which will be our Patreon bonus episode for the month. All right. So I, I didn't quite. You you've seen something of his recently? Yes. That, okay. I scratched an itch that has been bothering me for many years. The Exorcist. Finally. Yeah. Finally crossed off the list. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what it, I wonder what it all oh, blue chips. I bet it's blue chips. I bet it's blue that chips. That was the one I chose this over. Oh. Yeah, I know. Blue, it was either so you this chose or one chips. over blue chips. It was either this or blue chips. I would say to live and die in LA, but that is not available. Not nowhere. accessible. Not accessible. Is it the hunter? The hunted? No, not the hunted. I, I heard not great things. Well, you heard from Avery. That, that is good. Pretty good stuff. Just a few weeks ago. Pretty good things. Yeah. Why does my mic sound like this? I, or is it your mic? What's going on? Something sounds off. Is it me? It sounds normal to me. All right. Let's get going. Woo. Turn down. I'm, uh, I'm excited. Like your standard film vault. I'm excited to, uh, to hear what the l- l- listeners have been, uh, have been watching. Before so, though, I can tell you this. Tell me. Uh, we will be watching Dinner Rush this time next week, thanks to Alan Hasari. Dinner Rush. Dinner Rush. Can you do two? Are you able to do two of the listeners? Because, you know, we fell behind a little bit because- It was a good week to do two. All right. So- we're going to be doing Dinner Rush, Alan Hasari, as well as we're also going to be doing The Wailing. Uh, no, no, not The Wailing. We're going to be doing Dogville, thanks to Jonathan Oxhorn, who did this week's... Dogtooth? I've seen that. Dogville. Oh. We'll be watching Dogville. Uh, Jonathan Oxhorn, who, who uh, brings us very, yeah. very good uh, listener art to the point that when I see the listener art now, I can uh, I can almost identify that it's Oxhorn. Uh, like, I, bet yes. that's, I bet that's an Oxhorn right there. What's the setup for something called movie that's the only place I can watch this? I didn't understand anything you just said. Uh, apparently, Dogville is only streaming on a service called Movie, 
M U B I. Oh, movie? Yeah, you're just going to have to get a subscription. They only, have like, not. they only have 30 movies rolling at a time. They're always very like uh, procured. What's going on with this mic? That's all, though, right? It's only available on one service? I think it's in your head. Yeah, it's probably in my head. A lot of things are in my head. All right, sorry, Brian. Sorry. I'm I don't sorry. like this. We'll figure it out, Brian. All right, so for three hours, this movie, the rest of the movie's out. Oh, this is a bad movie to start with. If we're going to, if we're stacking them, okay, I agree. <laughs> let me, let me, let me change on okay. the fly. This is not how we normally do what things. What is the first one? <sighs> All right, the first one is Dinner Rush. Oh, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to do Yojimbo. Thanks to our friend Eric Ooh, Robbins. Yojimbo is tight. We're going to stick with a little uh, Kurosawa. Another Kurosawa film will be talked about next week. Ooh. This week we're doing High and Low, thanks to Andrew Martin. I don't know if you said that, but uh, yeah, more Kurosawa. I'm getting close to uh, completing his entire catalog. Danny Aiello, how about that? In Dinner Rush. He's, he's, he's not, not, in a, not in Yojimbo. No, not, not in he is in Dinner Rush. Well before his time. Dinner Rush. We also have a, a music doc coming up on XT, yes. XTC called This Is Pop. We'll be watching that for Jared Patrick soon. Uh, we have Skinamarink. Andrew Potts is having us watch Skinamarink. Didn't we which watch? We have not. No. Believe me. <laughs> it's one of those movies that will go down in infamy, I think. I, I, I imagine I'll hate it, but from everything, all accounts. It's a tone poem. It's a, it's a, a horror, oh, horror, horror tone poem, Brian. Uh, we're oh. also going to be watching uh, Cure, uh, thanks to TJ. And, this uh, is Pop is an eight-episode um, series on Netflix. Netflix, so should we be watching one episode or two? Uh, it's not It's not eight, eight, eight parts. It's a documentary. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. A- XTC? Oh, maybe. Uh, there's there's no. no way they made an eight-part <laughs> documentary series about the band XTC, the little-known band XTC. It's called, what's it called? It's called This, this is, is This is Pop, XTC. 2017. All right, we can do this. Oh, XTC, this is pop. Yes. Okay. This is not good pop. This is a terrible pop. <laughs> this is bad pop. <laughs> this is All right, let's go. Let's get this into it. This is not good pop. I, I, I'm just, I'm just letting the listeners know, and I'm not expecting you to stop everything you're doing and start researching. Can, at I, this point. can I, I, can I uh, run the risk of uh, giving rate? credit to the listeners too who have paid and they've been patiently waiting? I'm letting them know that their their movie's coming; it's on the horizon. At and the risk, some other listeners might be like, "Oh, I can't wait for them to talk about that one because I love that movie." Also, Willow will be ta- uh, watched. To go ahead and type in Willow now and let everyone know who's in it. Uh, Willow, Danny uh, Fitz is uh, Fitzgerald. It's having us watch Willow. Willow, and then Perfect Blue will be watched for Chad. Perfect Blue will be watched for Chad Ice be, uh, before the. Uh, no, I mean, the the series on Disney (laughs) perfect blue. No, it's not the, it's an anime. And, uh, I'm still waiting for a lot of people to get their, their goddamn picks into me. All right. Can I ask you at the Uh, risk of enraging you? The assistant will also be watched. What was the other, the tale of princess Kaguya, uh, metal, metalocalypse, metalocalypse. First two episodes will be watched. Man of Tai Chi will also be watched. All right. What was the second episode or second movie? Dinner in America and. Not dinner in America. Oh my God! Should we just start over? Should dinner we begin? And Skinnerink. Skinnerink. Dogville. The Wailing. XTC. What? This is Pop. I feel like there was something before Skinnerink. Perfect. Oh. Willow. Yojimbo. The Assistant. And these are all the movies that have been said. This should be the new show format. <laughs> <laughs> Avery, why don't you just take it away? Save the Avery show. What have the listeners been watching? Uh, fan fiction. Skinnerink. Compiled by. Damn you, Brian. The Mitch Burns. At SLC Movie Junkie on Twitter or X. Oh, Mitch is abandoning Twitter or X. He's going I'm back sorry, to Twitter. I'm sorry, I gotta cut you off. <laughs> what were you trying to get at, Brian? What were you? What was the second movie you said there? I still don't know what it was. You're sitting over there just cracking yourself up. What? What were you? What path were you taking? <laughs> 
I just want to know what the second movie was. That makes you laugh. <laughs> your my, my prediction of your reaction makes you laugh. Avery, he was so put together before the 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 pod started. Really was because he was talking about the clan. <laughs> he was in his wheelhouse. I learned really, I learned a lot about the clan. A lot of confidence. The founding, uh, and the, the reason behind it. It was mm-hmm. just all just rote memory. He was just <laughs> eyes rolled back. <laughs> Actually, I never heard that clip. This is all from memory. What people don't even know what you're talking about. What clip? Brian played us a clip of somebody saying something naughty. Okay, let's go. I didn't say that. At SLC Movie Junkie. On Twitter slash X, saw Golda at a Fathom event screening. It was fantastic. What? I've heard terrible things. It was fantastic. Wait, sorry, what was uh, watched? Helen Mirren's Golda. Golda. I knew little of the Yom Kippur War, so it was educational. Not- and what a remarkable woman. <laughs> Helen Mirren's performance was Oscar worthy and make as well. I don't know what that means. And make as well. Makeup. I will oh, be. She sh- aged her, so maybe. Oh, and makeup, makeup as well. Uh, I'll be shocked if there aren't. They had aged her, isn't she already? What isn't she already pretty old? Yeah, she's pretty old. But the woman that she was playing smoked like a chimney as oh, well. Boy. So I'll be shocked if there aren't a couple nominations. Oh. At not listener X on Twitter, you are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. Mm. Solid three point five Jewish John Hughes movie. The fact that I grew up listening to the Sandman's albums as a teenager, and now he has teenagers of his own, solidifies that I am officially old. I don't. I mean, the Sandman. Who's the Sandman? I, I don't. I Stellar? don't. I do not know. I would, yeah, probably right. Oh, is that what the, is that Sandler's? Like, it's got to be right. Is that his, his little like uh, AKA his little name is uh, Sandman? I, I do know that he is referred to by friends sometimes as the Sandman. Guess I'm not his friend. I wouldn't call. Let's him. get Carano on the horn. Mm. Mm. Niz P on Reddit bottoms 2023. One key to comedy is being able to take things almost too far or a little too far, but not too too far. Mm. People who succeed in comedy often walk that razor's edge and That's get true. people laughing, That's true. but not offended. It's not easy, but Emma Seligman and and company nail this. The film is deviously and darkly funny with the humor and chemistry of the cast bringing it all together. As the film noticeably left reality, it started to win me over more and more. Oh. It's like a better book smart, 2019, and more worthy successor to Superbad, 2019. 2007. I love that he's including that. While also being its own thing. Even though it's firstly a high school movie, it's more comparable to something like Sorry to Bother You, 2018, than most of the classic high school movies. What was... Can what I just was, say that like uh, the key to a, uh, a, fl- a good fan fiction is to share, but not too, too much share. <laughs> you know what I mean? You gotta walk, walk that in. The fan fiction is that are successful. Yeah. That they know, they know their space. They Couple know sound bites. That was like a full, that was more notes than I took for any movie this, we're talking about this week. What was? It's the full preface on a novel right there. It really was. Help me out here, guys. Is it preface it's, it's, or it's, preface? I think it's preface. And it's also not done. There's more. Oh, shit. During the Q&A, Seligman said it was really hard to get the tone of the movie to feel right. And I can see why. The surrealism, humor, and nerve-wracking nature of high school all come together and make it feel like many of these careers are about to blossom. End scene. You are not invited to my bar mitzvah by the Sandman. And this was not Listener X that told us all this. Uh, that was Niz P on Reddit. Oh, needs to pee on Reddit. Okay. Niz P. Hey, guys, help me out. Thank you, Niz P. Was it a movie or an SNL sketch or what was it where someone would, there was a character who was kind of Asperger, Asperger's-y and he would say something like um, uh, Keller Joe and he would he would immediately turn his head and mutter like the year or the director or something. He'd be like, hey, Keller Joe, 2010. 
No idea. Help me out. No Nothing. idea. What is this? What? What? He Avery. just you you're you're being my six year old son right now, Avery. Which is I will tell a long story because I'm long winded like needs pee, right? And uh, I'll get to the, the end of like the ninety I'll second tale, and then Atticus will go like, what? I'm like what? You want me to restart the whole thing? <laughs> like do you need details or like no what? Like mom's starting to call him on it too. You can't just ask us what at the end of a thing. Like you know, it's uh, pretty good. It's not. It's a pretty good tag. It's in a movie. It's a terrible. All right, Toby you know Wong. Toby Ch- Toby Ch- Toby Ch- While you're there, Chang. you know what? It's, that's the nature of this Charlie episode. Fucking Chang. Charlie, I've been meaning, Charlie fucking Chan. I've been meaning to do this for a while. I don't know if I'll get any responses. Or There's also one more. One accurate. More okay, we'll we'll get there. Sorry, but I, it's, before it's I from forget, Dave or Jay on Reddit. It's from who? Dave or Jay on Reddit. Dave or Jay. All right, Dave or Jay. Give me give me a second here. It's Grant Teresa. Oh, cool. As a child, as a child, uh, I watched many things on a loop. And yeah, that's what children do. Yeah. But they were like usually things that I indiscriminately recorded on HBO sure. or the Z channel, as it were. A lot of the time it was a Spice movie. Channel. It was a movie that I wanted to watch and wanted to watch over and over. So I push record and then I'd go to sleep or and then it would continue to record. So we'd get like portions of other things that would come on after. There was something that my whole all of my siblings ended up watching many times because it was after a movie that we would okay. watch. And it was one of the stranger things What do you want to know? I've ever seen. It's called Stranger Things. And I don't know what the hell it was. I can tell you this. I'm here to help you. Uh, it was, it was like an old Victorian house. There was a lot of old, like antique shit in there. Psycho. Seemed like something that would just put you right to sleep, like lacy, um, like uh, a shutter, like a blinds, right. And just old, old shit. There's a woman there. Uh, she sits down. She's like a younger, attractive woman. She seemed Big old, fish. old at the time. Cause I, I was a young boy and a snake. I remember a snake slithers up and goes up her, her, you know, oh. like up her leg and then it disappears. Ooh. So like that's happening. She takes a breast out and she puts some, some kind of like, almost like uh it's like oh. rubbing alcohol or something like Buddy, some kind of ointment. I I and she, you. she wipes, she's like rubbing her boob with the, with this ointment or whatever, but it wasn't greasy. I remember that. And just, there was nothing titillating about it either. Like, there was nothing like sexual about it. I was like a little kid and like when I was probably like seven. Right. And even then, like if I saw a boob a lot of time, I'd be like, Ooh, but it was more disturbing than anything. And then she gets up and I remember she looks out the window and there's like a bunch of fucking sheep. Right, like out in her yard in this big Victorian house, she's upstairs. If anyone has any idea what the hell that thing is, Barry Lyndon. I think it was probably a short film. I think it was probably something that no one's seen because mm. I they were kind of hard up for programming back then. Sure, and it was just probably a French artsy film. I don't remember any kind of dialogue or anything. But if any of that sounds familiar, please let me know because it's been killing me for years. There was another short film which I sign off on, and I loved it. We used to watch it over and over again. It was called Oh Brother, My Brother. And if anyone's heard of that one, George Clooney's in that. No, it's different. That's that's uh, uh, that's old brother. What I wore out there. Uh, no, old brother. My brother was great. It was just about two little brothers growing up, and uh, it was very very cute. We watched that. That one's not a, only clips are available online, but old brother. My brother was fucking awesome. You can find some clips on online. But if anyone knows where the full version of old brother, my brother is, that would make my family very happy. Ryan's googling topless sheep. <laughs> Yeah, Brian's trying to be the hero. He's like the pickle jar guy. Right. <laughs> if I got to Google boobs to be a hero, I'll Google boobs. 1979 short. It's on IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed by Carol Lowell, Carol Lowell and Ross Lowell. What are you doing? I'm telling you about our brother, my brother. Oh, uh, I thought, uh, I thought, we I, thought you had we, the answer. Yeah, we were both thinking that you were talking about the uh, the girl with the, with the woman with the boob. Oh, sure, yeah. I was going to be the most impressed I've ever been with Brian. If I would have been really impressed with his research skills, yeah. If he just nailed that in 10 seconds. <laughs> I would have been very upset with myself, but I would have had to tip my hat. Yeah. Here's the scene in question. We'll watch it now. Dave or Jay on Reddit. Gran Turismo. Hated the trailer. 
but heard some decent early buzz, so had to check it out. Did you? It starts as a commercial for the video game with some really corny dialogue and by-the-numbers student mentor and sports underdog story beats. But once the racing starts, it really hooked me in. Not sure what Anderson or other TFV fans would think, but I walked out of the theater with a very satisfying, good movie feeling. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I saw a Neil Blomkamp film. Oh, brother. My brother. Great movie. I'm glad that you're looking into it, Brian. It is yes. fantastic. Uh, Joshy. This is Joshy. Uh, yes. Okay. That was a terrible segue on my part. We were right there. Avery, I understand that I, I ruined the segue. So but Neil, now we're going to do it. Saw Neil Blomkamp film. Did you see Chappie? <laughs> I did see Chappie. Fuck the yes with Chappie. I did see Chappie. Let's do the chap. Let's talk Chappie before I get right into Gran Turismo. Uh, who was that last uh, listener of Fanfliction? Daver J. Daver J. I, I line up with you quite a bit on some of that. So <laughs> Quite a bit on <laughs> quite a little. Yeah. Uh, Chappie. Yes. I was paid $4 to uh, see this, which is the cost of admission. I just, I just bought you the drink, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Right? Uh, I, I spent my time. And the movie starts... And, uh, you know, they're doing the world building and the setup and, uh, they get to Sigourney Weaver and the acting's a little hollow. Mm -hmm. I'm going, uh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to love this. Right. Chappie has not been introduced yet. No, no, it's a little paint by the numbers. It's this a little, no, uh, uh, it's Neil Blomkamp's third film, right? It's yes. It goes, uh, district nine Elysium, Elysium and then, then Chappie and then nothing until, uh, I think nothing until Gran Turismo, right? Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah that's what we established. So a lot of familiar beats, a lot of uh, testimonials and office-style confessions, talking heads, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, wait, he did Demonic, which uh, left me wanting okay. to show. A uh, lot of kind of, you know, plot holes and uh, predictable beats. And All right, speaking of predictable beats, I know where you're going. <laughs> then... <laughs> It gets to Chappie. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it gets to Chaps. His motherfucker. <laughs> is enjoyable. I teared up at least four times Fuck, with this yes! fucking movie. I love it. I love it. I want Yolandi to be my mom. Uh-huh. You probably don't because I've uh, had some after talking uh, up Ch Chappie and uh, Deanne were just last week. Uh, not one, not two, but at least three listeners forwarded me some very questionable uh uh, news stories about alleged abuse of their uh, adopted children, oh. which I was not aware of. <laughs> I'm, in. I'm in. But, I I'll mean, you want chance. this version of Yolandi, right? Oh, my God. Chappy version. That goddamn robot is the sweetest thing I've ever seen in my entire so life. So innocent, oh, wow. Way cuter than Wally. Heist is crimes? Oh, my God. That's our, that's our go-to line. When he gets oh. the Molotov cocktail thrown at him, and he's going, they were saying fire, and I said, please, they still threw it, please. So sad. <laughs> Leave him alone. And that was the first time I started to tear up, and I was just going, God damn <laughs> Thank, they best four dollars I spent in the last. Oh, they uh, got me. Maybe all year. I'm so I'm enraged that it. Thirty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes yeah. is insulting. Is it better? Is insulting. Better yeah, it's six point eight on the old on the IMDb. And that was Charlotte. Uh, uh, was the Charlotte Copley? Charlotte. Yeah. Astounding performance. Yeah, really? I, w I was blown away by it. I I'm so happy. It, to was, hear. it was tremendous. The, some of the plot holes it were asinine. I didn't need Hugh Jackman and whatever. But. The Chappie stuff works so, so well. It really is two movies. Like yeah. The Chappie stuff is great. And the rest of it is like, what am I watching? And the D Antwoord stuff is very bizarre. Yeah, but that's all But I liked, them. I, I liked them more than I liked whatever Hugh Jackman and Sigourney Weaver were doing. I feel like a lot of his movies are two movies, Gran Turismo included. I think the only one that really felt like a cohesive movie to me was Elysium. 
but I like Chappie more. Mm. But I District 9 definitely had those tone issues that I had a big problem well, with. Because that was yeah. a short that expanded into a full film. Right? Well, that doesn't mean that it has should have tone issues because it was well, a short. But it's predictable because like the short element of it like still is the core and then he added all this other stuff into the dish that didn't mix. You know uh, all well. the all the music they were listening to with Chappie and it was, Crash yeah. Pad. It was all DN word stuff. And that I ju- I love that they were still just Yolandi and Ninja in it. They were uh-huh. wearing their own merch yeah. in the movie. Just I mean that's such a movies are birth of a nation. Brian, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> He's playing. His oh, are you, are you getting sad because because uh, we're talking Chappie? Donald Trump. Stop playing trumpets. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're playing the the, the the balls that it took for him to go to the mat because he's you know he, he had Elysium which wasn't a huge hit. D- District Nine put him on the map. Talking yeah. about Blomkamp here, but he was so adamant about having Deanne were to be the stars essentially, and like they're not marketable here in the U.S. They made no. South South Africa they are. You, uh, oh, and oh. apparently they like Ninja, like he is as intolerable, uh, insufferable as he comes off as his character. Like when he's when he there's stories that came off that set. The guy that played uh, Rhino. Or whatever, like the big giant guy that he was uh, dealing with on the yeah, uh, the the main gangster with the weird hair, and they subtitled him. He's an established actor, that guy, and Ninja like telling him like how to act and telling him he's doing and calling cut and stuff in the middle of his t- <laughs> just a t- horrible, horrible, horrible human being. But he's so bad that it's almost good until you hear about the kids, and it's like yeah, they got a daughter named Sixteen, and I've heard things like not sexual abuse, but like severe like physical and mental ab- ab- uh, alleged abuse. Yeah. They're artists, right? They're uh, they're artists. This this I've never had someone I like ruined more by information. Okay, Brian, stop doing your caddy thing. It doesn't work. It doesn't translate because people are just you more confused. It. Move on. I addressed you playing audio out of the fucking blue. I like Donald Trump and his movie opinions. That's not Donald Trump that you just played. <laughs> Talking about Birth of a Nation, that was not Donald Trump. All right, I'm so happy you liked the old <laughs> it was So if you're waiting to jump in, I, I would I would highly encourage it. It is a very flawed movie, but very enjoyable. If you're open, if you're open yeah. to feelings and and caring about a character and you don't need everything else to be all shored up and perfect, if you're not looking at this with a critic's eye, you're going to really enjoy Chappie, unless yeah. you're heartless and you don't have any uh, uh, emp- empathy. You got to wait until you get to Chappie, because it is... It's, a, it's, it's rough it's, getting there. I hate it. It takes it out it's, it's a rough 15 minutes getting there where you're going, oh, where the fuck is this going? Yeah, but you know who gave you the four bucks to watch it. I mean, you had to have I a know, little faith. But, but there's just that start. It's the same thing. I mean, I'm fooled every time when I watch Fury Road. I don't like the first 10 minutes of that. Oh, but he, and every that, time I go, do I not like Fury Road? And then it hits the title and I go, I'm not because it's off putting. It's I don't know why. I'm on the same exact page. Like when, Weeping when, boils. What, that, that's not why it's, it's off. It's not. There's that's, something about the first something 10 minutes. something kind of corny about it. Yes. And like, it's just what the. My what wife the, just walked in the room. Yes, every episode is like this. A lot of like uh, like the 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 over the undercranking where it's like yeah. sped up and stuff just looks kind of cheesy and schmaltzy. And it's like, yeah. all right, old man trying to like relive the glory cool. days. Yeah. And it's just not working for And then I see the IOTA guy with a guitar and there's like fire coming out. I'm like, really? Fire come, but okay. All right, well, all right. Driving, and then the guys, drum guys show up. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling chills now. Okay. <laughs> oh no, the hooks are in. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, <laughs> <laughs> you ever see Conan do the uh, do the uh, the uh, the parody of that? No, I oh, didn't. But Conan's on the on the big <laughs> action, got the rig and everything. <laughs> it's so good. Conan. Got, you got to send me that. Are those IVs in his veins? They are. Oh, uh, I gotta I gotta watch Fury Road. Fuck. I'm going on now. I know. I kind of want to just quit the show right now. Oh, fuck the show. I'm going, to, I'm going to see Fury. Go watch some Fury. But you're right. The first 10 minutes is like, what, every what am time. I watching? And my brain's dumb enough where every time I go, uh, I don't like this movie. Yeah. 
I don't get it. Every time why do we do that? Yourself, you're like, do I like? This? Why do we do that? <laughs> why do I like this? And then every time at the end, I just stand up once the credits roll. Like that's the yeah. best thing. By the end, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's kind of fun to take that ride. Speaking of which, Gran Turismo uh, came out in theaters. Uh, do we just have last a football score for? Uh, no, I don't think we got any uh, FVT scores this week. Directed we got, we got a lot of a lot of other numbers. <laughs> A lot of 2018s and 2007. Yeah, there's a whole lot of information we got there. <laughs> I, 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 I kid. I appreciate anyone who uh, sends in uh, some fan fiction. The more, the better. Oh, I also... Uh, Even if we're 30 minutes into the show and we haven't gotten to anywhere. I also uh, cried my balls off this morning watching uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. So Really? Yeah. But that movie's... Oh, no, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, yeah. documentary. So you saw like Gran Turismo? You never seen Won't You Be My Neighbors? I didn't. But you, but you're you having it. I think it was top five speeches. Yeah, top five motivational speeches. And it's streaming on Netflix. So I, I woke up and had a coffee with Mr. Rogers. And oh, it was, uh, thank nice. God Avery and I aren't co-hosts on this show because it would just be like us just, like, just uh, agreeing with each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, oh my God, yeah. me too. We can't have that. That was great. I enjoyed that as well. I'll bring us back. Choppy sucked. Grant. <laughs> but yeah, Brian holds to his guns that he hates Jeff. No, I don't hate Jeff. I, overall, it's not a great movie, but there are great parts about it. I almost cried just as much of Chappy, though. It's, <laughs> it was close. That's what I'm saying. I think it is a great movie because even though it's short, it, it, it rises above the shortcomings, right? It's interesting. I have a movie in my, in my top five for our Patreon episode, uh, William Friedkin directed films that while he did I, not don't, direct I don't think it's a great movie, it has stuck with me for years. So. Chappy? No, he's not a Chappy. Oh, you're talking about a William Freakin, yeah, Freakin movie films, that you're going to talk yes. about in the Patreon-only episode that'll Correct. come out later in the, in the week. Yes, one of my five is a movie I didn't love. In fact, mildly disturbing, but uh, sticks with you. Yeah, full full disclosure, I, uh, I I pushed Brian into doing top five William Freakin movies for the Patreon list. I wanted to just do it as a regular list because he's like he was one of the top three working directors in the sure. new Hollywood like in the 70s which is my favorite era many people's favorite era in Hollywood probably and he was one of the top three it was him Coppola, Coppola. and uh, what's his fuck Bogdanovich yeah uh, you know they were working in Hollywood because Kubrick was outside the, the Hollywood system at that point uh and and Brian said, you know, I, I can't string together five movies because I've only seen three of his movies. So thank you I for said, cramming this week and five. watching a bunch. Is all I've seen. Yeah, thank you for cramming and, and watching at least two more so you can have a, a rounded out list for the... Uh, <laughs> I, I talk a lot of shit. I haven't seen every single one of his movies, a couple of them. Mm. I, have, I have not seen. All right. You haven't seen Jade? Oh, I've seen Jade. <laughs> yeah, he had, he had some rough times uh, access, uh, getting to me, at least in the 80s. I was not responding to his 80s, but he had a third act to his career. Uh, which we're talking, what are we doing? We're going to do this. We're on the But yeah, he had a third act to his career, including Bug and Killer Joe, which I really did respond to. So he was great in the seventies and then he came back in the, uh, the aughts as it were. Right. Okay. Uh, Gran Turismo. Yes. I, I went and saw it. I probably would have Why? skipped it Why? if I hadn't taken a swing uh, and put it on my top five most anticipated oh, summer right. movies. I because was, of Blomkamp. Because of Blomkamp, and also because they are doing something interesting here where it's not based on a video game, it's based on a real-life thing that happened that involving was involving video. a yeah. video game, right? So I said Avery before the episode started, I'm the same way with Craven the Hunter. I have no interest whatsoever in Craven or hunting or the world, but it's fucking J.C. Shandor, man. I gotta see the movie. Aaron Taylor Johnson is what it's what it, what it is, and I am into the. He's maybe the one of the worst, uh, most ridiculous Marvel characters. We're talking about uh, Craven over Craven. here, 
I'm excited to see what they, I mean, it's our hard R too, right? Yeah. He, he, the dude, he's a hunter brain, right? And he, he, uh, he fights with giant bear traps. Have you guys seen the, uh, no, is it R? Is there is a it, actually right yeah, oh, I believe man. so. I believe so. Don't, don't hold me to that. Craven, can we check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, he's there's a fight scene where he has like the bear oh. traps and he's just like swinging them and having them close on people's heads and stuff. It's pretty good. Shit. Oh, I actually found it. Hold on. You want to hear a little bit? Oh, Jesus. God. And Griffith introduced a lot of things that we now take for granted. Well, I thought it's, you said you weren't going to do this on the Patreon episode, let alone the actual feed that gets thousands and thousands of people. Sorry. Yes, it is uh, going to be released with an R rating. Tight. Nice. So is there for, a that, trailer? for that reason, I am in. Aaron Taylor, Taylor Johnson is one of my favorite working actors, and uh, Avery, is there he a would trailer? get me in the front door. Just uh, there is, a, is there an Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. There is an, an official red band Aaron Taylor Johnson. <sighs> really? yeah, that's the yes. one with the. Uh, I'm excited for this. I mean, it was pretty heavy CGI, as you'd imagine from a spandex movie, but I think that there could be some fun here. It comes out in literally a year, August 30th, 2024. There is. That's a, literally a year and a day. So yeah. you're. Well, by the time well, when this comes out, though. yeah. Well, when this comes out. I think this is the how this the, this genre has to go at this point. Like, follow the trend of R-rated superhero movies. Like, make them for adults because what do we care about these PG-13 movies anymore? Like, Logan is sweet. Deadpool is awesome. Maybe Craven will be great. I don't understand. I'm not following your logic. But the okay. R-rated superhero movie might be the new trend. Okay, maybe. Maybe I'm not saying it is going to be. I'm saying maybe it will be. I guess. Mm. Maybe. As the audience ages up, so do the movies. Wait, it might rain frogs in my way home, too. Probably won't. Yeah, they can't do that because they want the young kids because the young kids are the ones who want, who go, Mommy, Mommy, let's go get a Happy Meal so I can get Craven. And yeah, like, there'll always be, I guess, Spider-Man or whatever. Grand Turismo Grand came out this week. Uh, Neil Blomkamp directed, uh, uh, written by Jason Hall, Zach Balin, and uh, Alex Say. Uh, Story: David Harbour, Orlando Bloom, and Archie Madeku. Madeku. I hope I'm saying that right. You might know Archie Medeku from uh, yeah, Medeku Medekwe. Sorry, I, I had Medekwe is how you say his name. Archie Medekwe. You might know him as Simon from uh, Midsommar. Die Hard Three. And uh, he's got a lot of small. He was also accredited as Laughing Man in Ari's other uh, film that we both uh, <laughs> like, Avery, and that is. Uh, uh, Bo is afraid. Don't he, mind if I do. He was, he was credited as oh, laughing man. Oh, he's the laughing man. He was the laughing man. So yeah, he's the tall uh, kid named uh, Stretch by his uh, antagonist in this movie, or one of his antagonists. Uh, he's the, he's a young kid who um, is this great video game player. He's obsessed with this module, this uh, s simulator called Gran Turismo. And I played a little Gran Turismo back in the day. My brother always had all like you know he's a video game fanatic. And I would go into his room and hang out every now and again. And I, I got into Gran Turismo. I take breaks and I just, this is years and years ago. And I go and I, I always played like vacation mode. So I would just, cause it was very realistic. And I would yeah, take it was my the car serious, out. The serious, the uh, serious, very serious, but I didn't even get into the races or anything. I would just drive around Hawaii in my, yeah. in my Lamborghini or whatever, yeah. drive out of my house. And it was just relaxing. I really enjoyed it. I didn't know about this story. So the story was this Nissan comes along and uh, Orlando Bloom's character is like the marketing guy. And uh, he, he pitches Nissan with his, uh, uh, the, the head, in Japan uh, with this idea to incorporate the video game and the 80 million users of this video game. It's a you know phenomenon, this Gran Turismo game, which is very, very realistic. And they went to great lengths to show the creator, the actual creator with the microphones out and, and doing all the 3D rendering to make sure that's the most accurate, hmm. meticulous video racing video game ever, right? And that was their point. And a bunch, 80 million people responded to this and some of them were really, really, really good racers and they'd, they'd logged their 10,000 hours and and 
Orlando Bloom as a marketing guy said, hey, Nissan, if we can actually put a call out and get like the top racers to come and maybe, or the top, the top guy, top 10 people in the, okay. in the world, and then we'll put them together and we'll have them trained and let's put them out on the circuit. And, you know, of course, everyone's like, oh, I don't know, that's crazy. But then one of the guys comes out and says, we're going to do it. Uh, you just, you know, make sure that, uh, you know, you, you do it as safe as possible and you get a trainer. And then he can't find a trainer. Everyone's like, you're crazy. These kids won't be able to deal with the G's, all that story. And then he finds uh, David Harbour's character uh, who uh, is uh, at first he's against it. He's like, no way, just like everybody else. But then he has a falling out with the company that he works with and the company that he, he's working with, uh, the crew that he's working with are the most pretentious, prestigious, uh, bullshit fucks. Like it shows him initially working on a golden Lamborghini. Like, right. The whole oh, team is yeah. golden Lamborghinis. And like that, and uh, he's commenting on how, you know, he's, he's been in this business too long to work with these shitheads who like buy their way in. And it's just like rich, spoiled nepotism is, is occurring. So he has, there's a falling out and then he calls, up Orlando Bloom. He's like, all right, I'm in. So they bring these 10 kids in. I hate the movie at this point. I'm, I'm fucking <laughs> hating it. And, and we talk about how just uh, last week we were talking about those types of movies where you can see the next scene, you can see the next edit, you can hear yeah. the next line coming almost, right? That's this movie. Okay. I don't love the kid. The kid. He who, seems very punchable. Very punchable. You just want to punch up to his side because he's very yeah. tall. Uh, and he's Let's arrogant. Very arrogant. And I'm sitting there going, am I am I so out of touch that I just, I don't understand like what a hero looks like anymore. Like are people going to be watching this, responding to this kids thinking like this kid rules. Cause I fucking hate this arrogant yeah. little prick. I hate him. Right. And he's getting in fights with his dad. Uh, I didn't even Jimon Hinsu. Yeah. Did you realize that uh, ginger spice was his mom? I did not realize that was uh, ginger. Jerry Jerry, Horner. There it is. Jerry Hollowell. Yeah. She didn't have a whole lot to say or do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he has some parents who didn't get it, right? And, uh, you know, he's got a younger brother who plays soccer, and the dad's giving him uh, the whole, like, uh, you know, you got to get out in the yard every now and again. And uh, he's like, no, I don't want you, Dad. This is my life, and I love racing. And he's like, it's not racing, it's video games. He's like, no, Dad, it's a simulator. And like, I just want to punch this fucking kid, right? So, um, you know that thing that they do where <sighs> you hear the music and it's loud? Sure. And I think it was like some Aussie or some Black Sabbath, right? That was the first time it happened. And then it, it comes in and, and then we see David Harbour and he's underneath the golden Lamborghini and he's wearing headphones and he's got like the old like uh, Sony uh, Walkman. Yeah. And yeah. he takes the headphones off and you can just hear it like all tinny. Like, yeah, oh, we're, we're in yeah. his head. That happens at least four, maybe five I'm times. Sick. It's not. It's not sick at all. <laughs> sick. So that happened at least four we times. We have not seen in my movie. Parts of this movie, <laughs> parts of this movie, and I think it's the stuff that we saw in the trailer where he's like, in his room and he's playing with a simulator that's mento. It's so great. I love it. I got the steering wheel so much better than my old rig. And it's just, and then, and then the car kind of CGI simulates around him and it's really impressive CGI, but I don't need to see that in a movie where it's like, oh, and it's just, I've seen this. It made me want to crawl up inside of myself and just die. Do shows, I, yeah. I, I hate it so much. I fucking hate it. I hate it. <sighs> I'm waiting for the turn where you say I love this movie. It's predictable from one moment to the next. The credits. Credits when he turned also. away from the screen, there's a so you know, he's it, it's. I'm not gonna get there's no way you can spoil this movie because it's so goddamn everyone sees everything coming, right? There's well, no he way he crashes and burns in the first race, no, not the first race, but you know, he loses, loses, and like so. He's got David Harbour, who let me just say something positive about this. David movie. Harbour's great. This is the best role I've ever seen him in, I really? think. Most likable, the most grounded he's usually pretty grounded but this is just he's perfectly cast and he's yeah. just lovable in this movie I, he's, he's chappy level like i really really <laughs> like this guy i shouldn't say that because that's just that's a untrue. high water yes yeah, he's great he's my favorite i've ever seen him where would people know them from there the name stranger, stranger things. things is where oh, okay. Black Black Widow, the cop. i was gonna say 
No, no. Black Widow, yeah, the guy that. But does Stranger the, Things. For Stranger sure. Things is the one where everyone, yeah, yeah. would know. Him. Um, so the, he's the kid. Like he, he has to get his license once he makes it. Right, and he, he has to get his. Spoiler: like he, he makes it. Because obviously he makes it. So that's another thing. There's 10 kids. It's like, there's no there's no drama because of course he makes it because we would be a really weird movie if all of a sudden somebody else made it and we're just following his sad sack uh, sitting at home for the rest of the movie, right? So he makes it. And uh, and then to, to get your license, you go into the circuit and you, I guess, the way it is like to get your, like, now that I think about it, it's insane. Like you just have to place in the top four and then, and then they give you your license. So that'd be like, hey, to get your driver's license, you just have to like get to work uh, super fast and grid, gridlock somehow get there. Hit less than two cars. We'll give you direct. So it's been established numerous times that he has to be in fourth, right? At one point we hear David Harbour telling him just that in the middle of the race, like you have to place fourth or else you'll be disqualified. That's the way you get your license. It's like, I don't. Do you think he doesn't know that? I can't believe that they really thought that there's some anyone in the audience at this point that doesn't realize this. Everyone fucking knows, right? That kind of just stupidity and talking down and dumbing down. Reminding the audience. Yeah, it's almost like they, they think that a large portion of the audience speaks very broken mm-hmm. English and they didn't pick it up the first seven times they heard it. And now they so need to be say it one it. more time for clarity. However. <laughs> Here we go. This movie did something that rarely happens with movies. Usually movies lose steam with me and like, I'll like it a lot. Like first act is great. And then the middle and then kind of gets middle. And by the end, I'm like, I lost interest. Uh, this, this one had something that I didn't necessarily, I kind of saw it coming, especially because there's a gift exchange and you're like, Oh, it's one of those. Like kid gives the, his coach a gift. And you're like, Oh, so that means that something bad, but I didn't realize that it was actually going to get, go to take the, this turn and, and get some real emotional depth that really? actually connected with me. No. And then I felt, I didn't cry or anything, but did it, get dusty in that it, it did not get dusty, but it takes a turn where like I barely suddenly cared about the lead kid. And I realized that it was a setup. He wasn't supposed to be tight. He wasn't supposed to be cool. And the audience wasn't supposed to be loving him. There was a real arc to this kid. There was a real humbling to this kid that was earned. And I really like him as an actor by the time this movie's over. And it got, it got some, some, some real stakes emotionally were in there. And there's a pep talk that, you know, it's still on the nose. It's still hammering you over the head a little bit, but the movie got stronger in the, in the third act. And by the time it was over, I did not feel like I wasted my time at all. Uh, the sound design is, as you'd imagine is, is great. There's a whole lot of car porn. If you're in the, the car porn yeah. here and uh, I, I was, it saved itself before it was all said and done. I was ready to walk out of there just hating this movie and it saved itself. And I, I think there's something there. I think a lot of people will enjoy this despite all of the, uh, the flaws. Yeah. Do you need to see it in theaters or can you wait for uh, for a rental? It feels, like a, feels like a theatrical experience. Yeah. I, I think that it helped a whole lot because even though I was outraged with the, the dialogue and the predictability, at least there was like some, I saw in the Dolby, you get you know, the, theater, spectacle. The, the prime theater. So like there was a whole lot of like, you know, banging my seat with the bass and that yeah. every car that, that lights up, you just hear it lighting up. Yeah, rumbles. Yeah. So I went back too because, okay, the storyline goes, it's, it's Rocky-esque as far as just following the formula, right? The underdog, yeah, no one believes in it. And I'm like... this is so obviously fabricated, but then they show that thing at the end where they show the real guy and you're like, okay, well, if that's happened, I'm seeing him do that. At least that part, like the most important part was real because I'm seeing it actually, the actual footage. They had pictures of the actual guy sitting, you know, laughing on the hood of a car with the actor. I I loved all that. Uh, there are obviously antagonists that are placed in the golden Lamborghinis sure. that are set up to, to hate and, and, you know, cause some, some dilemmas and conflict along the way. But as far as the actual story and the, the real dramatic, uh, 
thing that happens that I'm talking about. That's all true. That's all based on things that actually happened. Uh, so it was, it was really, uh, fun to just watching the fish out of water in a sport. We've all seen that before too. Like, sure. you don't, you don't belong. Get out of here. And, you know, even his home pit crew hated him. Right. And you, you feel the pressure. I think he did a pretty decent job despite all of the dumbing down. He did a pretty decent job of putting us in that kid's, uh, shoes. But then he, he, just like with the car going around him in his, in his room, you know, you're materializing. Right. It goes away when he's on the track in the most important moment. I'm like, what? Don't do this. It's making me go inside of myself. I want to die again. I hate it. I hate the dude shows when they come at moments like <laughs> oh, that. So and he's just in his room, like in his underwear, essentially uh, playing again, but he's really on the track. But you know, that's the mental space he has to get himself into. It's like, and I feel like there's an ed, there's a cut because he listens to Kenny G to mellow himself out. Sick. And at one point, Harbor plays him some Kenny G on the walkie to get him fired up and angry. But there's nothing that would lead me to believe that he should have been angry in that moment. So I think there was something else that they cut. I'd be at. pretty mad if somebody's been playing Kenny G. But he shouldn't right. have been because he dug it. Yeah. Have we ever established that Kenny G and Warren G are not related? <laughs> we have that not was... established that, right? <laughs> Kenny G and Warren G, in fact, are not related as far as I know. Right, from... <laughs> Kenny G is related to Snoop Dogg, though. That's okay. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that is mm -hmm. a little known fact. Mm -hmm. All right, so Grant. have curly long hair? Grant, oh, and there's a love interest, which was a. Uh, why, why do they do that? <laughs> why do they do that? Does it do make give, sense? Give the broad something Does to watch. Care? Is that what it is? I don't know. It's, I don't know. They have to. They Do they have to? They have to. Does it make they me like they have the to. character? I mean, she was fine, but she just had nothing to do other than like show up and support him and then him be like sad that he doesn't see her. Ooh, top often. five movies without a love interest. We did there's top, very few. We did a top five, top five love stories we actually cared about. Yeah. That was a good top five. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was. It, was. it was a lot of digging, too. I was going to say, I really didn't think about it. This movie could have been like a you know, a tight hour 50 instead of the two hour and five minutes a day. So they just cut out the 15 minutes of dates that I didn't need, other than him buying a gift for his, uh, for his they, coach. Did they go to a shitty dates. arcade? No, they go to like this a what I, This is what I do, babies. No, they didn't do that. Didn't <laughs> that do would that. have been the worst. That would have been really, really bad. Oh. Hey, he flips a coin. You want to go? Yeah. You want, oh, she's like, I see you looking at the arcade. You can go. Oh, thanks, honey. Oh. That kind of thing. Big uh, crowd around him, and then she sees that he's actually worth something. If I win the race, will you give me a kiss? Ah, <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Top five love stories you actually cared about was almost five years ago to the day uh, in August 2018. Yeah, my number one is 50-50. I cared about that love story. Yeah, that's good. Uh, good. Good top five. We've got a lot here of all hands. we got to do a, a, a Patreon update for this. An one. update for the love stories we yeah. care about? Mm -hmm. All right. Does that have to be a man and a woman? Mine was, or a, or mine a man was, and a man or a woman and a woman? Antichrist. You could be a man and a, and a fish. Could it be? Antichrist was your number one. Mm -hmm. Don't try and pull my, my <laughs> shtick from me. That's my shtick. <laughs> Chaos Reigns is my favorite love story. It was the, the fox and his love of his organs. <laughs> okay, if we write that down. We're updating that for Patreon. Good Chaos. idea. Okay. All right. All right. Would you like to hear? Um, oh, uh, let's take a break. Yes. Jeez, I know. We have so many movies. To I know. What the hell? See what? Who? It's it's the listener. It's the fan fiction that went on for at least ninety seconds. That's why we are where we are. All right. Well, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, coming up next, we'll take a break for whatever unknown reason, and uh, we'll come back with some more confessions. Hey Matt, 
Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope, never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. We're back. I'm going to give you a little break there, Anderson. You talked a lot. Thanks for uh, jumping on that grenade for us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm happy I saw it. You just said you didn't like it that much. I'm happy I saw it, and okay. it saved itself, and it ended on a high note. So. Okay, you know what? You got you, you you probably enjoyed it more than you expected to. A lot of movies that end on a low note. Mo- like, True. I, I think a, a lot of movies get the unfair bashing because like the first two acts are great, then the third is terrible, and you walk out going, what the fuck? This was like the opposite of that, so it kind of cheated. It's kind of like that guy who's an asshole to everyone, but if he's nice once, they're like, mm. oh, what if he's a sweetheart. But if someone's nice all the time, and they're a dick once, you're like, oh, that guy can't be trusted. You know what I mean? It's the dynamic between you and me. I'm the, I'm the nice guy? Oh, you're the guy who shows up once and is nice, and everyone's like, oh, he's a real sweetheart. Yeah, on this show. Yeah. Yeah. It's so strange telling, like, moms and, and like, the people at the uh, at the Loaded for Bear uh, Born to Act yep. place where I uh, volunteer Beat and I'm shooting the dock, and I'm, I'm trying to explain to them, like, now, just if, in case you, like, you hear anything across. or if you, like, do any... I mean, if I was you, I probably would have looked yeah. into... I'm c- acting. Yeah, I'm. I, I gotta. I'm kind of an asshole in other places. A hole. I say. Like, no, you're pers- not. I'm my like, persona could be described as abrasive. Abrasive, <laughs> sardonic. Do you know what shtick is? <laughs> and I'm like, it's not even shtick. It's just this guy that I do the show with. <laughs> He's sickly sweet. <laughs> sickly. He puts on an act. Brian's not even sick. That's how much shtick. I know. Over. I said that the other day. I'm like, what? No one's ever asked me to prove that I have cancer. What if I was pulling a fast one all these years? Mommy dead and dearest? That's right. Munchausen by proxy, me. <laughs> That's the first. <laughs> You're your own self-centered That's right. Munchausen. I'm my own uh, sympathetic uh, case. <laughs> I'll give you a little break here because I saw a movie I don't think you've seen because you've never acknowledged it when I bring it up from time to time. It's a William Friedkin directed film, <clears throat> sort of, from 1997. I know I was in anticipation of uh, the Friedkin episode we're doing uh, for our Patreon, I'm like, uh, I, I, I have seen five Friedkin movies. I'm like, I should see at least one more, maybe one that's going to compete for the top five spot, maybe bumps out one that I'm not such a fan of. But what do I see? Do I see Cruisin'? No, no one Yeah, yeah, Cruisin'. Cruisin'. Do I see uh, To Live and Die in LA? Can't find To Live... Oh, no. Uh, not available. Yeah, can't find To Live and Die in LA. Do I see... The Boys in the Band? Uh, it feels like homework. I used to watch a lot of that when I was a kid. Feels like, really? Yeah. Oh. It was on TV a lot. Weird. feels like homework. Should I watch Jade? That's not supposed to be very good. Blue Chips. I want to see Blue Chips for I a long time. I know I just talked a lot, but I mean, do we really have to go down? But I finally settled. <laughs> He's forgetting the years. I finally settled. Uh-huh. Pins and needles, Brian. 
on William Friedkin's The French Connection remake <laughs> oh, of 12, 12 Angry Men. It's not even a movie. It's a TV from movie. 19, uh, produced, it's a paycheck. Produced by MGM. It did feel like kind of a cash it's grab. A <laughs> 12 Angry Men from 1997. All of that. Directed by William Friedkin. Sally did not measure. It was a 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, well, you know what? There's a quality movie. Maybe it edges out a movie I'm not such a fan of. Spoiler alert, it might not. Uh, starring <laughs> Jack Lemmon, George C. Scott, Hume Cronin, Michael T. Williams. I love that Hume. Uh, James Yanolfini, Ossie Davis, uh, Edward James Olmos, Courtney B. Vance, uh, Amin uh, Muller Stahl, who you would know as the dad from Shine. He's been in a bunch of things. Uh, Dorian Haywood and William Peterson. What? Shine's a movie that hasn't been brought up on the show for, in probably 10 years. That's true. And it's a great movie. It's a really good movie, and we never talk about it. It just doesn't like hit lists. I yeah, guess. what do you what do you we're mentally up disturbed characters? I pitched that. And you're like, where did that? It? I wanted to do mentally ill characters. We did. Yeah, it's time to do it again. Shine must have been on that list. You know what we haven't done? Where do you go? Top five musical geniuses. No, we're not doing that. Just be like, uh, I'm a bit of a clamor pick here. It's uh, it is another music doc. Uh, I, I know we said we're we weren't going to do docs, but <laughs> they're all real. Uh, Kurt Cobain yeah, is on my Stevie list. Stevie Wonder, number one. I can play any instrument. Uh, 93% of Rotten Tomatoes. You can rent this. Uh, produced by MGM. Uh, aired on Showtime. You, you, you opened with that. Aired on Showtime in 1997. I think MGM produced all of this shit, pretty much. Except for Oh, Rudy. was Sherry Lansing the head? No, she had a Paramount, right? <coughs> she was a Paramount, yeah, yeah. but I, for a stretch there, everything was MGM. Interesting. Um, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because it is, it is a good example of a solid TV movie, but does not rise to the level of great cinema. Mm. Um, this feels kind of uh, uninspired. Like yeah, was, you picking this, Brian, was kind of... Like, all the movies yeah. you listed would have been... I love you? the original so much, and I've always wanted to see this, and okay, I love most of the actors involved. And it's freaking... I'm like, you know what? It's highly rated. I've always wanted to see it, and find diving in. It's, it's fine. It's good. It's objectively good. It's kind of by the numbers... It's it's a payday, like Did Anderson it said. Feel like everyone loved the material. They all got to play it out. And yeah. They all got paid to it, do yeah, so. Yeah, it feels like these are all lovers of the movie or the play or some version of that, and they're like, "Oh wow, I get to work with a legendary director and these other amazing actors." But at the end of the day, I will say this: the real you're gonna find this hard to believe. The re, oh fuck, I didn't write his name down. Isn't that funny? The real the real breakout star whose name I didn't mention. One Henry the, Fonda. One of the 12 what? jurors <laughs> chewing up scenery. Yeah. And honestly, Hume. The, by, I, I don't think I've ever seen this actor do dramatic performance. And he was great. He was legitimately like, wow, this guy is chewing it up and doing work. Tony Danza. Tony Danza in this is the star. I mean, Jack Lemmon's the star, but like Tony Danza is doing he work. He steals the scenes. He kind of does. And he's great. And I really enjoyed it. I should have mentioned him at the top, but uh, he's in the movie. I enjoyed his performance very much. But uh, oh, how well do you remember the original, the black and white? 19 well enough. Except I always, you know what I always do? I always put, uh, what's his name in there? Uh, uh, why did I just do this now? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart, thank you. I, oh. always, I always put him in there. See, and I, I, I always wrong. put George C. Scott when it's in fact Lee J. Cobb. Mm-hmm. Similar. Anyway. Well, uh, as far as names go. As far as names, I do, uh, yeah. I do neither. <laughs> you, do, you don't do either, either one of those mistakes? The, have you seen the original? I love it. At the end, I'm not going to say what happens. I'll say at the end, a photograph uh, pr prominently is involved in uh, the, the, the climactic moment of the, of the movie. 
makes no appearance in this. And honestly, it loses something. Like that little difference, mm. like it loses something. It's like, oh, that maybe they had to cut it for a commercial. Maybe, but there's a few moments. They had to make it exact uh, time wise. So there's a few moments where you're reminded of the original and you're like, this just loses something. It doesn't have the heft. It doesn't have the whatever it is. It just it doesn't have that impact. As such, it's a fine movie. You, if you wanted to rent it, it's not a waste of your time. But uh, if you're a lover of the original, by all means, dive in. But uh, this is um, underwhelming. Why would you watch this instead of the original? Again? We already do. Oh, because well, of freaking tough. Billy, Billy uh, no, 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 not you. Oh, one. why would why one? Would one? Uh, if only you love the original so much that you're like, I love this story. I want to see other other iterations, other interpretations, and as such, you'll you'll get something out of this. At least, uh, hey, that was a bit of a time capsule with all these actors who are well known. Uh, but please, please, I doubt this will ever happen. Do not see this instead of the original. Okay, a bit of a PSA there at the end. Because the original's black and white, and it probably feels like homework. And it's not. It's fucking it's good. Fucking awesome. Speaking of court, courtroom dramas, uh, mm-hmm. probably not, not the courtroom. It's not, jury deliberation. Not the right time or place to do this. Because I mean, look at the jury look at the time. Deliberation. Um, but I, I watched all of uh, Jury Duty. Which yes. Was very enjoyable. Marsden. Uh, it takes a couple episodes uh, it's, uh, to to get going. I was like, why am I watching this? Why do people tell me that I should watch this? Why, is, why do people think this is good? But I'm glad I stuck it out because it gets very good. And it's very fun. It's the uh, reality TV show. Yeah. Uh, where they have one guy who's the mark and everyone else is an actor and it's he really Joe believes Schmell that he's um of, uh, yeah the Joe Schmo exactly. gonna go beat off <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go rub one out <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's that's the quality of, of humor that might be the funniest example but I don't even want to burn it but one of the jurors goes to the mark and just walks by him at one point and says I'm gonna go rub one out in the bathroom and the mark's like he's like uh yeah, might as well, you know, because like, they're all awkward. They don't know each other. Yeah, like, I know. What are you going to say? Might as well, what you got the time, you know, before the trial starts. But it pays off. Yeah. And it's so funny. <laughs> it's so well uh, planted. But yeah, that was a whole lot of fun. Yes, as Brian alluded to, Marsden, Mar- uh, James Marsden. Marsden plays a version. He plays himself, Psycho. but it's a, uh, a real shitty version of himself. And he has to do it for three weeks. Nice. And it's pretty good. Yeah. And then also, a lot of you uh, are probably hearing this and you've watched or you have told me to watch or you have been thinking about watching yourself telemarketers i told you to watch telemarketers yes you as well as a number of listeners and uh, it is concluded now yes it didn't feel like it ended when it ended i know uh, there's no closure there which is frustrating which is fuck. a bummer however the uh the show is worth watching holy fuck it is good it's all about telemarketing and how it's gotten to where it is now with a very specific company that uh a lot of their employees just shot uh a beta cam footage which totally would have been you yeah you that that totally just to like self sabotage if i wasn't you know meth andy would have been right i would have been i probably would have been like one of their top sellers no i I can't do that but you would have been with the camera and filming everybody and they were $10 an hour jobs that uh, only criminals were able to, because they couldn't get any other jobs. And literal and, convicted murderers. Yes. And they're in there just nodding off, doing heroin, snorting coke, huh. right? And they have footage of all this stuff. On the phone. Swindling people. And I'm going to start what? seeing those Can stickers. You, I have not seen the stickers. you what the company is? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all exposed. What is it? And it's, it's like a whistleblowing documentary. Civic Development Group. CDG. Brian, and they would call on behalf of police departments, the federal, uh, I mean, the, uh, the, the, uh, the FOP, the, uh, the Fraternal Order, Order of, police, of Police for, uh, yeah, various cities. And the police would say, hey, uh, yeah, you can use our name if we get a cut. And they'd raise money or, you know, for the police, but 
like maybe 10% went to the police, 90% went to the people at the top that created this what, telemarketing what, what were scam. They selling? Stickers that they kind of alluded to that if you put it on your uh, window, oh, you won't get a ticket. So be like, oh, they're supporters. Supposedly going to uh, the families fallen. of fallen right, cops. The 11 Yes. But I, I will never forget uh, Patrick J. Pespis as long as I live. He is great. And he his story arc is fantastic. It's up, it's down, it's uh, troubling at times. And it's it's definitely got a uh, American movie vibe to it. If you guys have seen American yeah. Movie, the documentary, uh, it's a couple schlubs who. Uh, you know, didn't have a whole lot going, but they really get into the story and their hearts there and they're doing it for the right reasons. Uh, schlubs isn't even the right word, but they're not traditional filmmakers they're by not, any means. Uh, yeah. They're not traditional interviewers. Like every time Patrick uh, is doing an interview, he always feels like he has to put on his sunglasses. He looks like Bobby Fucking Monahan. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a Bobby Monahan like a uh, character from SNL. He really, really does. <laughs> if Bobby Monahan was a heroin addict. And the yeah. other guy was... Uh, was uh, you're on a blank on that tall guy. Oh, He's Pete gonna, Davidson. Pete Davidson. Yes. It was like Pete Davidson. It really was. I really want them to get together next season. And, and like and if the show do, gets yeah. big enough, do like a little. It would be perfect. Because they're they were both those guys. All right. So telemarketers on, on Max. Nice. Very enjoyable. Fantastic. Only three episodes. and uh, Should have been more because there's no resolution. It's still ongoing. I know. It's still ongoing. I, that I did not know. But some of the, some of the, just the best characters. Just unbelievable. All right. Do you know it's produced by the Safety Brothers? Yeah, I didn't. I definitely saw some of their vibes, but I think they came in real late. I don't know how much they actually creatively it felt did. It. Like the the intro of the intro, it just because it's so low like rent it, and it felt like a very grimy, very produced that way. Yeah, season one. I mean, episode one, a little Safety to it. That was probably the strongest one. It's very, it's a very tight package. It really moves, and it almost feels like it's just going to end on episode one. Yeah, it feels like they wrap the entire thing up. It could have been uh, just a standalone documentary, Doc. uh, but that's in not some ways that would have been stronger. I, I, I might have preferred sure, that for sure. A lot of I say that about a lot of these, you know, limited series like that. But yeah, I mean, they take you up so many places, take you down. So they could have cut out a lot. They could have yeah. made a really solid two hour, two hour and fifteen minute movie. But everything's said and done. It's like, I think it's three hour twenty minute runtime. Yeah. Goes down, goes down smooth. Goes down pretty smooth. Yeah, nice. It's pretty interesting. Like, you have no idea, and I still get robocops from calls. Robo calls from cops. <laughs> yeah, I still get them, and now you'll view them totally differently. I, uh, Fuck the guy on the burner phone whose phone dies while he's swindling. Yes, that guy. Holy shit! Yeah, they actually bring up. And it's a great point, Brian. Like, who's better at chiseling people out of money than like a, an addict? A people on crack. Yeah, an addict. Like they'll get and the, 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 the dude just did it. I like guess phone. He ends, ends up still getting three hundred bucks. Wow. He gets another phone. He gets the guy back on the phone. Gets, he gets literally bucks. sees the guy's phone number on his work van. Calls him up right then. Gets three hundred bucks yeah. out of him. He's like, watch, I'm going to call this plumber. And, and immediately, just on the yeah. fly, after he's just mainlined heroin, just impersonates a cop. He's like, hey, I'm Officer Johnson. I'm just here. Uh, Can I count on it? Insane. Yeah. The worst of the worst. And they're just always doing business in McDonald's. <laughs> and getting kicked out. <laughs> I don't know how they got away with all that stuff without getting releases or... There's so many people in that that are on Max right now. I'm sure they. How did New York released. and New Jersey though? They, they aren't they just single but consent still, states? Maybe I don't. I know I, New York I, is. I need to learn more about that. I know you can make crank calls there without. All right. Can we talk high and low? Let's talk high and low. High and low is a 1963 film directed by Akira Kurosawa. Uh, sitting at 96 percent Rotten Tomatoes. You Who can doesn't stream? like this movie? This is a hard one to dislike. Uh, you can uh, stream it on HBO Max or Criterion Channel, as I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird thing to stuff up. 
Uh, Who assigned this to us? I can't follow, oh, no. <laughs> Andrew Martin for the umpteenth time. I Andrew talked to him earlier today. Martin. Andrew Martin, one of the friends of the show. Has he assigned us to the program? Films in the past? Yes, he has. Okay. Yes, he has. This is by no means his first Kurosawa, and he's also assigned us a Kurosawa film next. So we're oh, going to continue nice. down the road. Go ahead, Brian. Uh, I have nothing else to say except this up other than it was assigned by Andrew Martin. What did Mr. Martin have to say for himself as to why he assigned it? Uh, he really enjoyed it. He also uh, hears you talking to bitching about um, about reading movies quite a bit, but you liked his the that's, last one that he had his watch. The last one he had his watch was Ikaru. Ikaru, sweet. And we both really enjoyed and that. Better than the uh, remake. I did not see the remake for those exact reasons. Brian's a remake uh, fiend. He give him a remake. He'll must, watch it must. ahead of everything else. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a solid movie. He's seen it uh, a few times before, and uh, I can see why. So why don't we encourage people? What I, what I want to do with talking about high and low is encourage people to get past the barrier of entry, which is like it feels like an old foreign black and white Dude, movie. Dude, there's three yeah, barriers to entry. It's, it's, it's spoken completely in Japanese, it's old, and it's black and white, and it's long. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, none of those. But it's it's a quality movie. After watching, you will it, be rewarded. Brian and I can both say that none of those are are, are uh, well. Those none significant. Of those you yeah. from, from enjoying. So it opens up with uh, in a, in a somewhat posh uh, high rise, right? And this from guy mid makes mid century modern, like uh, what we would see in the Incredibles today is what kind of it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Incredibles. The most part, I mean, it's not, not a villain's layer, but it's like, yeah, it, it's of that era where it's like he's looking down on the rest of his rich 19, late 50, early 60. He's up on the hill and he looks down on everybody else, literally, right? And like that kind of plays into the story later. And uh, he's got a neighbor who, why was the neighbor living like I guess there's still shacks and stuff this time, uh, in, in Japan because well, like he's got the, neighbor was. Oh, the chauffeur is like, oh, oh, the driver, yeah, yeah, I guess he's just a driver, that's why he was there. So his kid's there, and and uh, the Did rich you? guy's. The, we there. open up the rich guy holding court. He's having a meeting with the executives at the company. shoe company he works at. He is the designer, and we get the sense that he is a very well-known, successful shoe designer. A lot of pride. And they're going over uh, product, and they're saying, your shoes are too expensive. We need to reduce the quality, reduce the material. He's like, never. I stand by my shoes. I won't dare make anything less than the best. And uh, you get the uh, classic you know, profit versus uh how much you spend. And there's a lot of exposition in that opening scene when he's talking with the other, uh, his, his peers that were also, mm. you know, are high up at various shoe companies and within his own field and his own shoe company. And we get to know who all the players are and what's going on and the, the money that's coming in for something that's happening next. Long story short, we, we realize that there's a great sum of money and a lot is on at, at stake, uh, in, in this story right off the bat. And then his chauffeur has a young son. He has a young son. Right, they're off playing. And then hide and seek. They get a phone call. I should I should point out before that he's planning a power play yeah. to buy control of the company. Right, which he we learned. Owns certain I, just, I kind of set up the fact there's a bunch of money, and we don't need to know that particular fact because I was well, no, because that factors in pretty heavily. The fact that he gets the phone call, like you said. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's a kidnapper. Why have we done top five kidnappers? All right, so it's a kidnapper saying, kidnapping. "Hey, I got your kid. We need thirty million yen, uh, or else the kid dies." 
And of course, you know, his wife freaks the fuck out. Uh, he freaks the fuck out. Cause we just learned he's leveraged himself via, uh, by a, uh, he put everything loans. up. He, yes. Yeah. He's, he's mortgaged everything that he owns and he lets his wife know much to her chagrin. I already said there's a big giant chunk of money and there's a lot riding on it. And he has like access we to We should money. lay out the stakes. And, uh, and then they're, they're very pleased to realize that, oh wait, no, they got the chauffeur's son, not his yeah. own son. The kid, so. His kid wanders into the room like, Hey dad. And they're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Who did they kidnap? He's yeah. like, Oh no. Where's your friend? And it was clever how they did that because they switched. The, the kids had just switched. Uh, they were playing uh, cops and robbers and they just switched uniforms uh, and they already- This I sounds identical to the thing that just came out with Tim, Timothy Oliphant and uh, Claire Danes. This must be inspired by Kurosawa. Hmm. It's yeah. about a kidnapping. I think it's called The Circle on HBO. Is it like a long form <laughs> series? It's, it's, like a, it's a limited series. It's called The Circle and that's literally the premise of that. And it's, it's the Circle, oh, I'll find it, but it's, it's that. It's exactly what you're describing, so I would have to imagine it's uh, influenced by Kurosawa. Full circle. Well, it was Full suggested circle. that yes. Ransom was also uh, inspired. I couldn't find any uh, truth to that necessarily. Ransom's a, a kidnapping story as well, which I, I enjoyed back in the day. Nick Nolte and uh, the old uh, what's his fuck who gets drunk and yells horrible things. What's it, it is directed. Yep, it by was. It was uh, inspired by that. Inspired yes, by that. Yep. it was. All right, so fucking smart. Direct, have you seen the uh, Full Circle? Oh, it's that thing. Yeah, mm, I don't like the way it looks. <sighs> <laughs> Steven Soderbergh needs to stop uh, experimenting with the medium, I think. It's it's well acted. The results are very medium. And you want to like it, but I, I, I just don't. Yeah. It feels like distracting the way that it's, you know, the method it's, in which it's shot. I, I would say if you're, if you're interested in Soderbergh or anything like that, it's worth giving a shot. I think it just didn't connect with me. The cast is great. The acting is great. It just didn't. Same with all this. Yeah. Same with the, the, the cast is great. The acting's great. And at this point, once the ruthless businessman that, that he is realizes that they don't have his kid, he's like, oh, phew, okay. off the hook. It's I just the chauffeur with the uh, sale. And uh, yeah, you know, do what you want with the kid. You got nothing because, you know, it's the chauffeur. He has no, he can't put together like 10 yen, let alone 30 million. Yen. <laughs> Joke's on you. And then the kidnappers will well, like, I'll still kill the kid. I mean, and then uh, you know, the ball's in your court now and it becomes a real moral dilemma. And that's, <laughs> it should be, but it does become, it becomes a moral <laughs> dilemma because he's going to lose everything. And he's worked his entire life to get to this point, And now he's like, I could let this chauffeur's son die and move on with my life. Or I can, and that's, so that's the setup, but that's not what really has me. I, I can't speak for you, Brian, but that's not what's got me on the hook at this point. We learn early on that first of all, it does that thing really well where it's like a mystery. Like who took this kid? Like who is this kidnapper? Right. And it, it makes you want to need to know. Also, there's a personal stake here. There's a personal angle. We know that because the cops keeps talking about <laughs> how personal it is. I was going to say with you, I'm like, you have a problem with that? I guess? But I, I wasn't really picking up on the fact that it was personal other than the fact that they were telling me that it was personal. Okay. But then you realize throughout the movie, like, as the movie progresses, like, yes, this kidnapper was really going after this guy. He has like a personal vendetta. And like, I had to know like, what is the history here? Like what, what's the motivation? What's the relationship? Did that part let you down? Without saying too much, it didn't pay off because I really needed yeah, to yeah. know. Like it really kept me like, like, like I said, hooks in. Like, oh. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite. Didn't have. Yeah, that might be one of the weaker points, but it kept me interested. What, what, whatever, I agree with you. That was one of the weaker points. It the movie more than made up with it, but the very methodical like pursuit of this person and the dog at the pursuit of justice. It reminded me almost of seven a little bit. A little it was like, seven, you know, a little it was such a mystery to who the guy was. The fugitive too. Like the, the very dogged pursuit of whatever the end goal is. And also without revealing too much, 
very bold filmmaking for 1963 to leave your main character out of the third act. Like he is gone for 45 minutes. Yeah. That's bold. Because we're with another character. Yeah. And we're also seeing on the very seedy side of Japan with uh, many, many heroin addicts, so which I yeah, didn't, didn't know was, that. you know, I didn't expect it in an American film, let alone, you know, like a Japanese film uh, in the early 60s. Reminded me of the Sinatra film, The Mayor of the Golden Arm. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit. I was like hooked on heroin. I was like, oh, they're dealing with like serious shit. Yeah. And they didn't pull any punches. I, I didn't think they, they were pretty hard with it, with the uh, Odin and like the, the heroin alley. Uh, ultimately I think one of the what I'm going to remember more about this movie than anything else was a level of meticulous uh, planning that the mm. cops essentially yeah. the FBI the cops are very procedural and especially for 1963 like they show up as movers right or, or, oh, delivery, or men. delivery yeah. men and like everything that they do was so like thought out and clever and ingenious to keep the, in case the kidnappers were watching to keep the kidnapper uh, uh, to not, so that they want to know that there's actually cops there to keep them in the dark about that. It was really, really well uh, written. It was put out as, and I think that we've seen a lot of imitations since. Well, I can't believe another one of us has brought up Hitchcock yet, but it's the most Hitchcockian film I've seen of the era. Like this is clearly inspired by Hitchcock's, some, some of his classics. I mean, I if you it, say had, that, no, it has to be. I think that he was an admirer, but uh, it's not an imitation. It's a really good movie, but it's it's got Hitchcock elements to it. Yeah, it does. But I wasn't I wasn't feeling Hitchcock because Hitchcock. There's something very suffocating about Hitchcock to me. Really? Yeah, I always feel claustrophobic felt, uh, with his movies. Interesting. I really felt his influence. On this. You're probably right, but I I wasn't really. I, I will. It, was, you, I, it felt more Kurosawa than Hitchcock. One thing that was odd. The blocking was odd. There was a lot of, especially in the, the hostage negotiations, there was a lot of yelling while other men just stood around the room, like almost facing the wall. Yeah. But that's whatever. That's of the air. Maybe that's Japan. Would not pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> maybe that's Japan. <laughs> maybe that is I think it's power dynamics. Would and not it's pass a bunch the of, Bechtel No, no, no. I mean, it was the early 60s, and it was about uh, high-level uh, businessmen who- And cops- and Japan. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if Japan back there passes yeah. the Bechdel test. Be Japan. I mean, like he, the the husband literally lets the wife know that everything that she owns and he owns has been mortgaged so that he could pull off this coup. And she had no say. She didn't even know yeah. about and it. She's like looking worried like, oh. Yeah, and he doesn't even look at her to see what her reaction is. He's she's like, like I got big problems, yeah, lady. She's like, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, like this high and low. Yeah, uh, solid movie. Very solid. Yeah. That's a lot. Might make the end of the year top five you know, old new movies. Oh, I think it will. Yeah, yeah, really enjoyable. Because I do a top 10, so I, I'm fairly confident. Do not let this uh, dissuade you in terms of length, uh, old, uh, or the fact that it's in black and white, or the fact that it's subtitled. This is a very enjoyable movie. I'm going to have to skip polite society again. i got to skip my uh, my uh, Sundance choice. Do we do t 10 more minutes? I'm going to do 10 more minutes. I'm going yeah, to hammer out polite society over here. All right. Well, you're tormenting the listener. Am I? Oh, by not doing polite society. All right. So Brian, this time of year, um, is when I start to like, okay, you know, year's more than halfway down. We're getting, starting to get, start, uh, get into like a uh, award, award baity, uh, season. And, uh, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm, I, I'm doing my due diligence to catch up with movies that I might've missed that have been good in 2023. Right. So I can round out and I'm always searching for that vaulty. Oh, right? I saw the trailer for this. I got, so it's a movie that's really on and popping as far as, uh, you know, critics love it. Uh, users love it. And uh, it's getting a lot of uh, buzz. It did well at Sundance and it's called polite society. I don't know where this is, uh, 
when this is streaming. But uh, polite, Peacock. You can also rent it across multiple platforms. Polite Society, directed by Nita Manzoor. Uh, it's an Indian film, uh, but not shot in India. It's actually shot in England, and it's a, about all right, Indian all culture. Right, I'm in. She, uh, uh, so I am not familiar with this director. She does some Doctor Who stuff. It's the second week in a row that Doctor Who's come up, I think. forget why Doctor Who came up last week. The guy that plays Doctor Who was... Anyway, it doesn't matter. So Polite Society stars Priya Kansara, Ritu Arya, and Renu Brindle. That's great. And it goes like this. It's uh, told in chapters. So chapter one is a tale of two sisters. And one wants to be a stunt woman. The other one is uh, uh, failing out of art school, doesn't really want to go to art school. And the other one, like, uh, her little sister, is a stunt woman. They're very, very close. They love each other. Uh, chapter two is Eid Saray. And they go to this big uh, gala, this big uh, party. and uh, soiree. Soiree. And uh, what did I say? Soiree? Soiree. Yeah, I'm not smart. And... Uh, and there, it's almost like an arranged marriage, and they have like this, this, this well-to-do, almost like prince guy that everyone loves, and he's very, very wealthy, and his mom is very domineering, and uh, and the art student, uh, the two sisters go, and uh, lo and behold, it's almost like Cinderella, and the uh, the art student who we we see her like eating a whole chicken on the street at one point, and like you know the the other women uh, in, in the neighborhood seeing her eating a chicken. Going, oh, what is she doing? I think that, you know, you don't eat meat. And she's just not being very ladylike. And she's kind of spinning out of control. It's like our version of her, you know, doing coke or something. And, and, you know, ecstasy and going over a rave or something. From what I I can tell. Like, she's really spinning out of control because she's eating a chicken. And uh, she wants to drop out of art school. And she's not doing well. So... At this point, I'm like, whose story is this? I don't understand whose story. Which sister's story is it? It was actually kind of interesting because usually they let you know. It turns out that the the sister that they lead with, actually, it's not her story. It's her little sister's story who's training to be a a stunt woman. That's all she wants to do. But needless to say, the parents aren't pleased with either one of their daughters. Like They're not really crushing it in the uh, the family department. So... It's very feminine. There's a couple of different period jokes. I don't know if that's off-putting to you. I don't give a fuck about the talking of periods or, you know, I don't want to say the sloughing, but I've heard things and I've sure. worked, uh, you know, on the love line and I'm co-host with Emily for a long time. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that, that is discussed. And like, I've bought many uh, tampons and, uh, you know, for, for ladies there and friends just well, last you're week. An, you're an ally. I don't care. I'm an ally, right. But they kind Brave of bang it, bang it over the head two or three times, two or three different <laughs> period disgusted. jokes. <laughs> Like just making sure, like, just to let you know, like, we're doing, like, it was almost like pent up period jokes. Like, we have not seen enough period jokes this year, so we need to, we need more in there. I, I, I noticed that it didn't bother me, but I definitely noticed it. Um, it's another one of these, these stories is going after the uber rich. Okay. And it almost has like a supernatural element to it before it's all said and done. Uh, I could see things coming. Like, this is where that whole idea came with what I was talking about last week where it's like, okay, now she's got, she's holding her foot. Now I know she's going to do the spin kick next. Right. I could see that going, but both the sisters were likable. There, there, there was dancing. It did remind me of RR because it is an, an Indian movie, even though it wasn't made in Indian. I'm Can sure I'm pissing some people off that love this movie. Why at the end they, of the day, why are they dancing? at the end of the day, I did not love this movie. I feel like this is a movie that was not made for me. It, it, uh, are you sure they were Indian and not Pakistani? They might be Pakistani. I don't think so. I don't know. I'm really ignorant when it comes to <laughs> God damn. Yeah. They might it's be the same thing, right? So identical, uh, at the end of the day, I did not love polite society. Uh, I could see some people really liking it. It's colorful. It's pretty. It just does things that were kind of old and tired with like the freeze frame when there's about to be a fight. There were some good fight scenes, especially with the one sister who's going to be a stunt uh, double. I don't, I almost didn't even talk about this movie at all. 
but here's I almost gave up on it 20 minutes in, but it kept me kept me interested enough to see whose story it was at first. I'm like, where are they going with this? And then when everything I've seen much better versions of this movie, but I did like the uh, the costumes, I guess. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ring endorsement. <laughs> Anderson had to get this one in to talk about the costume. Because I've, I've, it's, it's been on the list. And oh. usually, like, you know, I've said I, I tap out of movies 20 minutes in quite often. Like uh, probably each month there's like three or four movies that I just never talk about. This one kept me interested long enough. And I do think that some of, uh, some of our listeners will really who, like Who is it for? I, I think it's for ladies who like action, I guess. <laughs> I, don't know, God, right. I got, I got. I got yelled at. I won't name y- your name, Curtis, but on the old Patreon boards, I saw I was getting some shit just last week for uh, yelling about Blue Beetle and how uh, the Latino uh, population deserves better. Oh, deserve better. Uh, and uh, and uh, some listeners, namely Curtis, said, "Hey, thanks uh, as a Latino man. Thank you for letting me know what I what I deserve and what I should get." I'm like, "All right, make me feel bad. You know what I'm saying? Come on." You just want to get mention him on the show. Uh, I will let you know the family is uh, British, Pakistani. Pakistani. Oh, right. I should know that too because I went to an Indian wedding a couple of years ago. Uh, my my wife's very very good friend is Indian, and uh, her dad does not like Pakistanis at all. He oh, talked, really? He talked my ear off about it in the uh, wedding uh, speech. He barely uh, mentioned. The no, Pakistan. he's talking to me. I got to, I got to hear it firsthand. But uh, yeah, that's what, a, what do you sound like? You sound like a, a Pakistani man. Can you? Uh, I said that on purpose it? instead of Indian. Yeah, tried to. Uh, no, I'm not going to fucking... D- How dumb do you think I am? You need to let me know that I got to finish fourth to qualify? <laughs> uh, uh, are you. they packing? Well, thank you for catching that, Avery. It probably caught, okay. I only know this because I'm currently dating a Pakistani woman. So. Oh, yeah. okay. So it's, she I, might not like her. this. So I'm very dialed into this. You she think she would not this, like this? She might not like this. She would not. Yeah, it might, I think it she might would be, love this. It might be too geared towards her. If she's anything like you, she'd be like, ah, oh, they're just play, trying to placate me with no, the No, no, I think she would love it. All right, well, watch it with her. It's on. It's on I think a, she would. I want to hear your opinion of it, like if I'm being too hard on it. It just never took off for me. Interesting. It, did, it wasn't bad. It was just a, it was like a just straight down the middle three-star movie yeah. for me. And everything inventive wasn't inventive because I'd seen it before. That was my problem with the movie, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. A little uh, to be uh, ready or not, a little ready or not in there, but ready or not was, I think, way more entertaining because of the gore factor and the po blood factor. Light. Remember ready or not? Yeah, I liked ready or not a lot. Really enjoyed it. It's similar. There's, there's With uh, Anya Taylor-Joy? No. No, it's tomorrow weaving. Believe so. I got those two confused. Uh, now you're making me... Uh, yeah, I'm not good with... Uh, <laughs> Look up right Unless it's a white male, I'm confused. Okay, like, even then, I, I literally on one of our first dates uh, when she mentioned, I went. So, uh, what, what, what are does that mean? What, what does <laughs> Can that you mean? walk me through that? What Indian Pakistan? Could you yeah, walk yeah, me, yeah. Uh, Did you? What do you uh, walk me through? I think it's. <clears throat> she's still with you. <laughs> Just to dumb it down, not for me, but for. Uh, <laughs> I think it's kind of like the same as Alabama and Georgia, right? Like, <laughs> there's a lot of similarities, but they're big rivals. Yeah, there's overlap, you know? Oh, Christ, the emails. Guys, I know I'm dumb, all right? You're not going to educate me by, by yelling at it's, me. It's, it's like Georgia and the Florida panhandle. There's, it kind of bleeds over. There's a little, uh, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's so Close. funny how people that are very similar hate each other. Most. It's like seeing when you meet someone like yourself, you're like, fuck this guy, right? Or maybe so you like sure. him. So maybe like him. Secretly. Brian Secretly. loves the people that he meets that are like himself. Like... Oh, like when he watched Salt Succession. Salt of the Earth. <laughs> he loved uh, Kendall. Kendall. Hero. Yeah. Hero of the story. <laughs> it's a shame what happened to that man. Speaking of Succession, I saw Predestination. Didn't think I'd see uh, Sarah Snook's dick. What is Predestination? <laughs> it's the time travel one with Sarah Snook oh. and uh, Ethan Hawke. Oh. Oh. 
You saw it already? I did. And whose dick did you see? Sarah Snook. <laughs> I'm confused by all of this. Then you got to rewatch the movie. You missed a critical part. I'm rewatch. Good. I have not I'm seen good. it. I think you saw it. No. I think you recommended Predestination. Predestination. No. No, it's good. Did I see Predestination? I think you did. Is that 2014? Oh, it's a tough ending. I should not have reviewed <laughs> Polite Society. If we got out, I think... Like the, like I'll, the, I'll run it by her and see what she thinks. The parents hearing like oh. this last... She has been 20 minutes of me talking. She might is not good. Like this is like the worst of me when I'm really dumb and just talking trash. I will not have her listen to this episode. Yeah. I did not see predestination. This is not a movie I would see. What's the run? Pretty good. No. All right. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. And I'm excited to hear what you have to say about uh, polite society next week. Speaking <laughs> of time travel. I remember I pre-flicked a movie. Please. If she, if she's loving it, please do not mention any of the, I work with an asshole who, uh, <laughs> Uh, I will be flick fast. One of those movies like I felt like I should like it and I couldn't. I just couldn't like what? it. All right. You're not a Pakistani lady. You're pre <laughs> That's what I got to be to like yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. It just made me want to watch Ben like back. Fuck, why did I say that? <laughs> why did you say that? Is, is that? are these like, is this, I know it's ignorant, but I mean, is it, is I'm it, gonna text her right is now. it hurtful? Is it like, like, hurtful like, thing? No, I don't think hateful can be out of ignorance. Because <sighs> if you don't, hateful has intent. Yeah. I have not seen this. I have not seen Predestination, but I kind of want to now. I've seen Snook looking like that. <laughs> I've never good. seen her look anything like that. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right, you're going to pre-flick what there, Brian? I will be flick-fasting next week a little indie film that I uh, I talked about on our watch-along to 15 people and you, which is Lola. Lola will be flick by me. I tell you that because it is... Uh, it is worth seeing and mm-hmm. uh, worth following along. I'm not going to uh, spoil anything about it now, but it is hi- time travel adjacent. All right. I would watch it along with you, but I also will be watching Yojimbo and Dinner Rush, as well as whatever we're gambling on this week, most likely. Lola is also an hour and 17 minutes. Well, that's so. your. I, I looked up Lola, and uh, I don't think it's for me. Too I don't many, think it's for me. Too many female characters. Amongst other things. Not yeah. enough period jokes. Also, you know what? I did some time. Very few. I was it's a period a, piece. I don't want to talk about Rotten Tomatoes right now, but there is a way to uh, to decode Rotten Tomatoes. Really? And I think we're looking at the wrong score. Yeah. Because, I mean, they show like the average one to five is from all the, the, the reviewers as well. Yeah. And mm. that's what that's that's what we should be looking at. Yeah. Oh, that's like Metacritic. Where they, they, they I don't think they call it Metacritic, though, do they? No, I'm saying there is a separate. I know Metacritic, service. but there's also, if you look on Rotten Tomatoes, I never, I hadn't been on the site. And I've actually never been there. On Rotten Tomatoes? Mm. It's in your glasses right now, bro. God I can see it. the reflection. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks, Andrew Martin, first of all, for assigning us a high and low. We appreciate you. Ah, there's uh, so many, and I dated a, a, an Indian woman. I was terrified of, of her dad. You sure she wasn't Pakistani? She was Hindu. So I just, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very look, guys. I'm not looking to ruffle feathers or 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 make anyone like angry or or feel slighted. I'm just fucking dumb, and I, I hate hurting people's feelings. But uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, if I hope I'm not hurting your feelings, but if I am, that's uh, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little too sensitive if I'm hurting fault. your feelings. Yeah, or is it? I don't know. Really? No, we're good. All right, Brian, come on. Get off the phone. What are you doing? 
Okay. Unless uh, you're making it colder in this room right now. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get our face down. We'll sort it out. Yeah. Thanks. I do, I do want to hear. We'll sort it out. Andrew Martin, appreciate your assignment of high and low, like I said. Jay Lapp, our feature artist, can be heard on AndersonandBrian.com. Only heard right now. They can be finding more about them. AndersonandBrian.com. AndersonandBrian.com is our. a website where you find the Amazon link, which, by the way, you guys did a great job of tapping and shopping at through. Uh, Anderson and Brian is the Instagram. Anderson and Brian is the TikTok. The Film Vault on Facebook. The Film Vault on Twitter. The Film Vault podcast on YouTube. And speaking of which, thanks, Eric Kath, for handling all that YouTube shit. We appreciate you doing a great job. Mike Cole for handling the gambling. Mitch Burns for helping us out with the fan flexions and the top fives. And, of course, Giovanni for sending long emails to Anderson and not me. Thanks. You're for, always on those emails. You I just know. don't read them. I, I have a filter, so. Mm-hmm. Thanks uh, to everyone who checked out Eddie's Antiques. Check out Loaded for Bear uh, when you have the chance. And uh, what else? What am I missing? Uh, Polite Society. Make sure you check it out and let me know if I'm wrong. <laughs> Done. Until next time. We do it for Van Gogh. And I don't know you. Well, maybe I'm psycho. Or...